Happy holidays, everybody, and welcome to the Third Line Plug Sandscast. I am your host, Taylor Gibson. Joining me, as always, from the tropical metropolis of Calgary, Alberta, my co-host, Tim Jancy. Tim, how's it going, sir? It's going great, but busy, weird night, and uh, I have to drive to the airport tonight and tomorrow. Now, why is that? Do you have a friend that's flying in, or what's going uh, on? I've got a buddy who's getting stranded in Calgary tonight, and I'm flying out to Victoria tomorrow morning. So I can pick him up in the evening, and then we can all just cab back to the airport in the morning. So it kind of works out, but uh, Air Canada's been... Well, it's not even just Air Canada. It's just been... Flights today have been wild, and because there's been a pretty big prairie storm. Yeah, I mean, it's been snowing a bit here on Vancouver Island as well, so hopefully you won't have to endure that tomorrow when you fly in. Now, Tim, I'm super excited to get together today, not only because we're going to have a great episode to talk about, because the Sens won every single game this week, but also we've got ourselves a guest co-host for today's episode. Our guest today is the host of the 313 Hockey Podcast and is a returning guest to the show. Please welcome back to the show from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Jake Rivard. Jake, it's been a minute, man. Welcome back to the show. It has been a minute. Very excited to come on here and be the whipping boy um, while you both gloat over the most recent game obviously there's going to be a little bit of gloating i mean i mean that's, that's all fair. we do when you agreed to this you knew there was going to be some gloating. <laughs> i will say i'm a little disappointed i did not get to see the very hyped up prospect gulk play i've heard a lot about him and not seeing him uh, play once he was invisible that whole game kind well, of a just wait until we get back to the gulk barn then you'll be changing your words <laughs> unfortunately gulk was scratched for that game against detroit but we'll talk about that when we get to that. Now, gentlemen, I'm super excited to get together today, not only because, like I said, we've got a great episode ahead of us, but also we got to talk about today's cover athlete because today's episode is season six, episode 10 in chronological order, episode 134, the Joey Decord edition of the third line plug, Sensecast. So just a little background about Joey Decord. He was drafted 199th overall by the Ottawa Senators in 2015. He played parts of two seasons with the Senators, recording a 1-4-1 record with an 8-9-4 save percentage, and is currently in his second season with the Seattle Kraken. So Joey Decord. I hate to say it, there's not a whole lot I could really say, although he was... He played okay when he was with us. And that's what his name promised. Right? I mean, the only things that we could really talk about, I mean, obviously the 2015 draft and the fact he actually played at Arizona State, but... Maybe he can go back and uh, maybe open a game at Mullet Arena. Who knows? But, like, that's the thing about Joey Decord is... And it really goes... I want to tie this back to the big drama around Joey Decord is Sens fans were worried that he was going to get taken during the expansion draft. And that just really goes to show how little Ottawa had to give. It's true. Now, Jake, I know as a Red Wings fan, I want to get your take on Joey Decord. Like I, like I said, as Sens fans, I don't really know what we can really say about him. He kind of gives me the same vibe that like, um, so we have a goalie named Magnus Helberg. He's been up and down. You guys had him for a quick minute. Half of the league has had him because of his cool pads. He's the guy that I imagine comes in when your backup goalie gets hurt. And you're like, ah, crap. Like, we need somebody to come up. Um, so that's the vibe I get from him. I know that um, he he was taken by you guys um, or by Seattle in the draft with you, right? 
I want to say Decord got taken. Decord was taken. Yeah, he was taken in the expansion draft. Yeah. You know what I remember about that expansion draft was Seattle took that goalie from Washington and then he immediately goes back to the Capitals. Elias Samsonov, right? Or no, Vitek Vanacek. (laughs) Vanacek and the Capitals, their tweet when they announced he was coming back, it was the episode of The Simpsons where Bart was at the burlesque house and Grandpa (laughs) walks in the door. Grandpa walks into the loop. (laughs) I wish they would have done the bit where it's like, hey, I tried Photoshopping him into the uh, Capitals jersey. Like, Let me know what you guys think. And it's like just an old picture of him. It's just his Kurt photo. Yeah. Well, it's like it's also incredible because it's like the most notable thing about Joey Decord is just how disastrous Seattle's goaltending experience has been. Because they signed Grubauer, who looked like a lock to be a great goaltender, and picked up Joey Decord, who looked like an up and coming backup, and they just both flamed out. I mean, that's the way best thing you can really describe it, right? But I mean. Again, when talking about Joey Decord, I think it really goes to show, again, and we always talk about the 2015 draft, but just how deep of a draft that was. When you see the number of guys that really did come out of that draft, whether it be not even in the first round, just look at the rounds that came after it. You're looking at names and you're like, wow, like Joey Decord came out of that, and this guy came out of this, and that guy came out of it. It's just like, Jesus Christ, like that draft is just, it keeps going like seven years later. It's kind of a bleak draft for the Wings, honestly. It can't be any worse than the Bruins draft of that year. That was, hey. oh my God, the Bruins. That was pathetic. They got one guy out of that. Yeah, but look at the guys they whiffed on, too. Oh, of and course. The guys who they, they could have had, too. Like, yeah, they could have had Shabbat. Barzell. Or Barzell. Or Kyle Connor. Imagine if they had two of those three. Even one would have put them like way better than where they are right now. I mean, they're doing fantastic now, but you know, I don't want to think about a Bruins deep top defense line of Shabbat and McAvoy. We would be hearing Bruins dynasty too much, and I don't think they need to inflate their egos any higher. Ooh. That's true. That's true. But like the eternal seethe of Leaf fans might actually be worth it. That's true. That's very true. I know. And yeah. we're always here for the failures of the Leafs. So. <laughs> They came to our arena and were very rude to me personally. No, actually, they were, they were actually pretty good sports when I talked to them. We have some videos coming up on our channel um, in the next few weeks where I walked around interviewing with them. And the question I led with was, when did you guys know that Austin Matthews was going to be a bust? And I, <laughs> their, their reactions are priceless. One guy was like, oh, he's a bum, future Coyotes legend. Like, <laughs> oh, it was great. Okay, they were shit posted with you. That's great. <laughs> there was a guy with a half Coyotes, half Leafs jersey. <laughs> I kid you not. It was the funniest thing I think I'd ever seen. I think I saw that picture. I think you tweeted that out, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> like, did, did he make that. it himself? or? Yeah, he had it custom made. Oh, that's incredible. Oh, it's so good. Dedication to the bit. I know. You're all about the shit posting, and we're all here to see it, man, man. So, guys, as much as we can sit here and just kind of pretend like we can say anything about Joey Decor, it would only delay the inevitable that we got to announce next week's cover athlete for Season 6, Episode 11, in chronological order, Episode 135. Tim, talk about another goaltender that we're going to be just kind of scrambling to buy things about. Our cover athlete for next week is Alex Ald. Hey, he at least had a full NHL career. Yeah, at least, he, at least he played more than six games for us. 
that Alex Ald season was wild. Oh my god, it really was, man. It really was. And thankfully, we're going to be talking about it on next week's episode because, yeah, it's going to be a good one. So Jake, I I just had to look up who Alex Ald was, and then I remembered him from that season. <laughs> like it was that, and I think he was. Like, anytime a team has starting goaltender Alex Ald, you know shit's just gone wild because I think he was the starter for the Canucks the year before. It was just like okay. This he's like a fever dream of a player. <laughs> he's one of those guys that you just you, you think about and you're like, that guy existed. My guy is um Steve Ott. That's that's the guy where you're like, oh yeah, I remember him. Who's your fever dream player, Tay? My fever my fever dream player. Oh mine is Alex Semin. Alex Daniel Alfredson. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, the year he was a Red Wing. He's a legend. <laughs> I think that's like all everyone's like, oh, yeah, that happened. <laughs> it's like that. And then Mike, there was a Mike Madonna year and um, David Legwand. The moment we traded for David Legwand, I thought, OK, it's over. David Legwand <laughs> on the Senators was also like, what the fuck? Oh, he's so bad. Yeah, the Legwand one was just like he was a guy that existed. Hey, we got a first for him. That's true. I'm just trying to think who would have been my favorite dream player because there's a there's a couple of in there. I mean, for sure. Um, the last like four years of Ottawa to me has been filled with a lot of those players where you're like, oh, I remember you. <laughs> oh, Mike Comrie. That's a fucking name, right? Mike there. Comrie round two. <laughs> I was going to say Mike Comrie or Mike Ribeiro. Joe fucking Corvo. <laughs> Joe Corvo. Oh my god. Yeah, there's tons of players. And that's a what was it? Uh, there was a meme I saw one time that says dudes will just hang around and yell out sports athletes' names and be happy to do it. I was hanging out with my buddy last night. We we're doing that with like 90s basketball players while playing NBA Jam. And it's like, yeah. It like the player names actually have no bearing on the quality of NBA Jam you're playing. I was doing that today. Um, We were playing NHL hits here. And dude, some of those rosters, I'm like classic, pure classic. Then you look at the Blackhawks and you're like, oh God, this team is terrible. Kyle Calder? It was Eric Dossey? It was like unfair. My buddy played as the Flyers and I picked the wings because, you know, why wouldn't I? Like, you're really going to pick a team where you don't uh, load out with Iserman, Fedorov, and Lidstrom? Like, it was it was just too easy. So okay, I'm curious to see what question. the Sens have. Well, the sure, Sens, a, that would have been Alfredson, Spezza, Hosa. Did you guys have Danny Heatley yet, or is that no, later? Heatley okay. was after the lockout. Okay, here's a good one, though. NHL hits. Outside of our own favorite teams, what was your favorite team to play as? San Jose. I don't know why. I think I liked their logo a lot. <laughs> I've got a good answer. You guys are going to call me crazy when I say this. St. Louis. Oh yeah, I just snapped. that's that's a good Hear team in that era. One. The late Pavel Dimitra, Keith Dechuk, Chris Pronger. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's a mean roster. Yeah, you're just dummying people in the game about hockey violence. I was gonna say either that or Boston because actually no, you I'd probably I feel like Jersey would be really good. Jersey, yeah, because you've got um Scott, Scott Stevens. Stevens, Scott Niedermeyer, like. You're just going to be mean. Marty Brodeur. Patrick Elias. Yep. 
Yeah. Man, now I want to go play again. <laughs> well, I know, I know. And it's a thing. I wish that game would come back, but unfortunately... Midway's dead. EA has it in a chokehold, too. I know, and so sad. So, Jake, it's funny, man. Like, the last time you were on the podcast, it was back in September when we were doing our season preview show. And, like, I can't express how super excited we are to have you back. So we've got to give an update on what you've been up to with your podcast, 313 Hockey. Oh, man, we've been we've been busy. Um, this summer, we actually partnered with Detroit Ice Dreams, which is a nonprofit in the Metro Detroit area dedicated towards making hockey a more accessible sport for everybody. So they'll like purchase equipment, they'll rent out rinks and they'll get like youth involved um, from like underprivileged communities to, you know, get them to enjoy hockey like anybody would. Um, and with that, we were able to have a youth team in the area wear our patch. So we, we had our own little youth team, which is pretty cool. Um, we've done some fundraising here and there. Uh, you know, I'm still writing for winging it in Motown. 313 Hockey's been on the rise. You know, it's been consistently busy, but we've got some fun prepared and we're excited to see what the next year brings. Well, it's funny. And you already talked a little bit about that with talking with the Leaf fans. Now, one thing I do want to ask, because you were mentioning to me when we were talking earlier, is that you've actually had some interactions with Sens fans on Twitter. So do you mind talking a little bit about what the hell you either said or did to piss them off? You guys are funny. No, you guys are hilarious. There's somebody, I think their Twitter name is Erickson's Burner, and they're like one of the funniest people I've seen online because they'll just constantly like find, they'll, they'll just find like obscure shit that like the Leafs will post and they'll be like, you got to feel it for the Leafs fans or just, you know, just start trolling them for a bit and they get so angry, you know? I don't know if you know, <laughs> the, if you guys know this or not, but like Leafs fans get emotional. Um, so it's it's always fun to see that. I've heard a lot about Gulk. What's the other thing? People love Josh Norris for some reason. Because he's good. Yeah, yeah he's actually, pretty good. I was going to say Shane Pinto has been like the Sens Twitter fan. You follow one account that just wants to jump the guy's bones. You've just kind of generalized that to everyone. Which is weird because she's like, what, 17? 17 How's that weird? Those teens are brutal. Yeah. They're, they're, they're cold-hearted. Oh, it's so bad. Like, even with the... Mon- I find the Montreal... Well, I don't know. Toronto fans are emotional. Montreal fans on Twitter are delusional. Montreal fans are, like, the least funny fan base I think I've ever encountered. The problem like, is, is they try to be funny. They try too hard. Sense fans are naturally funny because it's, like, everything is a bit. And that is what I appreciate. Like, they'll find, like, just an absolute shitty player and they'll just make him out to be this, like, just hilarious guy. Like, Eric Brandstrom, they love Eric Brandstrom. Not to say that he's a bad player, but like he's he's just he's such a frequent topic of conversation on here, and I see it all the time. Yeah. And I'm like, is he good? And then I look it up, and I'm like, he's fine. <laughs> yeah, Bradstrom's been a guy. He's been he's very polarizing among the fan base because there are the people who really like Eric and really think, oh yeah, you know, if we give him the ice time, he'll be fine. But then there's the other ones that's like, okay, well, this guy's clearly not working out. Like he's there Phillip is Zadina. no middle ground with him. But there's a few guys on this team that are like that. I mean, well, Zoob's going to be an instant favorite with everybody. Yeah. Everybody loves Zoob. Or, I'm trying to remember, <laughs> there was one guy at the beginning of the season, he kind of looked like, oh, my God, I can't remember the – he kind of looks like Bruce Boudreaux a little bit. And, <laughs> and he pointed out, and he's like, eh, and he's so excited, and somebody wrote Sensed. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, but you know what? Comes to sense Twitter. I mean, there's a few accounts who are just—they're not that funny, to be honest. 
Yeah, you yeah. just ignore them. Yeah. I mean, I like the, you know, I think it all like came from the era of the Uber video, the Fire Melnick era, the Hammond Hamburglar stuff, like the expired gift cards. I mean, there, there was just so much like it was a comedy heaven, really, like a treasure trove. The baby, the baby onesie that killed babies. What? <laughs> yeah, they, there was a recall on uh, baby <laughs> onesies because it was either they were fl- they were too flammable or they choke or they could like the collar would slip and choke a baby. Oh my okay, God. I'm gonna, Jake, I'm going to try and find this article for you because it is... it's incredible. So yeah, like everything became a bit because so much weird shit was happening around this team. And it just kept happening. Like, and then after that, like there was the whole Mike Hoffman thing and it just kept going and going and going. Like, it was kind of funny to watch from the outside. I can't imagine funny what to like watch on the inside. On the inside. <laughs> uh, oh, what other beautiful things happened? Oh God, here it is. I found it. Didn't he like? Didn't Eugene Melnick get into like a fight with a cruise driver like that off season? He did get into a lawsuit with a bunch of casinos. That was fun. Yeah, I thought he like got into an altercation on like a cruise ship. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Walking comedian. No, he. Oh, he had a. I think he had a problem with a private jet operator. Mm. Yeah. So I just sent you the article, and it's it's amazing. If you, re- this is from four years ago. What? Keep in mind, this is a real thing that you're gonna about to read. Because oh my I- god, this was like a year after the Penguins game, the Penguin series, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's just too on the nose. I know it. Being a Sens fan in those like three, four years of 2018 and 2021, it was kind of like. It, it had to be funny because it was so depressing. It was almost like being Irish. Yeah. <laughs> being Irish? Holy shit. Oh. Are you going to let that one through and edit? <laughs> yeah, because my family's Scottish. Hey, the Irish might find it funny. Actually, who's that? I'm trying to think. There's a listener that we have. He lives in Galway. He might think, think that's funny. funny. Oh, yeah. He'll <laughs> he'll find that funny. funny. Uh, if he doesn't, please add us at M91. No, I'm kidding. Uh, why is it my fault? <laughs> <laughs> no that guy he knows where to find us so okay Shit, yeah he knows where i live <laughs> no he doesn't only kelly knows that right which by the way shout out to kelly for sending us some christmas cards this year oh so, shit hey. i actually have to check my mail spoiler alert you got a christmas card <sighs> from kelly from kelly <laughs> yeah she's great by the way yeah kelly Love you. I think she's on a Sense podcast or something tonight. So as, oh, as neat. I wonder if she'll mention uh silicone testicles. That was great. Okay. Did we ever tell you that story, Jake? <laughs> I th- I could have sworn I've heard it before, but refresh my memory. It was uh, uh this is years and years ago when we were first starting out. We were just sitting here talking one night, and Tim's like, Yeah, so I was reading this article on Vice about the underground uh, some underground game. Oh yeah. So there was this uh, yeah, there's this like uh, gay beat gay bdsm fetish community that likens themselves to dogs and uh there was this one guy who's like a big deal in that who was like getting all these really buff dudes from like around the u.s to come and live at his house and then he was forcing them to get nutsack injections this sounds like Like a nathan for you bit like (laughs) it's real like i know it doesn't sound yeah this guy got charged but uh yeah he was forcing him to get like testicle implants the size of grapefruits oh and then uh 
yeah, then uh, one of the underground, and that's obviously not legal because one miss with the knife and the guy gets silicon shock and dies. Kind of not cool to die of silicon shock. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he made this one guy get go back like three or four times to get bigger and bigger nut sacks. And then he died. Yeah, no. And I was just sitting, like, I don't remember, like, well, I was just like just sitting there and it just kind of came out. <laughs> yeah. This is where you go to get your Ottawa Senators news, folks, folks. and news about big testicles. <laughs> and then, like, Kelly... That's right. Co- you're not going to get that on Locked On Sense, now, are you? <laughs> no, you're not. Oh, dropping names. <laughs> and then Kelly comes on the show. It's like, I just hope you guys aren't going to talk about nutsacks. <laughs> <laughs> first thing she says to us, because when she first came on the show, this is when I think she had just started her blog. And... um like I said, because she grew, she's from the UK. Tim grew up there, and he just happened to mention that, and you can hear her reaction going, "Oh God!" And I'm sitting there like, "Yeah, she's never going to come back to the podcast, is she?" And she just starts laughing. And so when we had her back, back in April or I think April or May, and that's the first thing she comments on. She's like, "You guys are going to be talking about the nutsack ejections again, are you?" <laughs> You know, it's gonna be crazy if I've re-listened to the last like couple times I've been on, and you have met, and you've told that story. I'll feel like this is also a fever dream. Uh, no, <laughs> the <sense laughs> podcast that talks about nutsack. <laughs> it's almost gonna be like Mike Comrie's NHL career. It's just gonna be like a fever dream of oh god, he was in the league. For but, wait a years. minute. Ah, oh, that's funny. That's funny. Well, as much as this episode has really gone off the rails, Tim. <laughs> I feel the only way to get it back on track is to segue into this little segment I like to call Top of the Hour. See? Now that's how you do a segue right there, kids. Yeah. Take notes. Can you put like, so, a little sound effect in it too? Like a... Dun, oh, dun, dun. Or like a little star, <laughs> like a shooting star going by. Like, yeah. Or you know. By yeah. the way, out of, out of curiosity, you know, it's funny. I was talking to somebody on... I might have been on Twitter or one of my friends because we were talking about shows that should be on Disney Plus because they now have King of the Hill here in Canada. 313 Hockey. I mean, what? <laughs> hey, why not, right? I was going to say, what about like Bill Nye the Science Guy? Dude. Oh, yeah. I would watch Bill Nye the Science Guy. We should not put 313 Hockey on Disney Plus, by the way, for the record. this is That is not a show for children. No, Craig. <laughs> Seinfeld, a- on the other hand. <laughs> exactly. So now, usually, guys, we would start this show by talking about Alex Ovechkin and Ovi Watch. Because you're on the show, Jake, we're actually going to start off with a Detroit Red Wings story. Detroit Red Wings forward Jacob Verana has been reinstated by the NHL NHLPA Players Assistant Program. Verana stepped away from the Wings in October of 2022. So I want to get your take on Jacob Verana here jake because i know when we talked to him back in october and i said you know what this is really great because again you see a number of players who suffer in silence and obviously the kyle beach stuff was very fresh at the time so you get a sense that players are just afraid to openly talk about their issues but so i'm glad that jacob verana was open enough to be like hey look i've got an issue and i need to take care of this yeah i really admire the fact that he like he went forward with it and then took all of the time he needed because he said this in an interview, but there are more important things than hockey. You know, I think that that should come secondary to your own well-being because your quality of life is, you know, going to be directly affected by it. What I am was a little concerned about because this happened last season. We lost Dylan Larkin for an extended period of time uh, in the player assistance program. 
And when he came back, he mentioned that this was a personal thing and he didn't want to talk about it. And a certain Detroit news reporter, I won't say who, repeatedly pestered him and asked him over and over why he was gone. And I worry that that might happen again with Verana Mm -hmm. when, you know, it's really none of our business what he's gone through with. From a hockey standpoint, his return is very much well needed right now because uh, we lost Larkin for a game. We lost uh, Philip Hronik and Olimata, who are our best pairing. We still have Robbie Fabry out, Tyler Bertuzzi, Philip Zadina, Mark Pissick, Robert Hag, and a couple other players who are all injured. And that is not good. I don't know if you know that, you know, like when your players are injured, then your team isn't good as a result. So really, because looking at how the Stens played this week, I don't know if that's really the case. We ended up winning games. So do you have a bunch I of hurt mean... people? We beat Montreal and Anaheim. Okay, low hanging fruit. Sorry, low hanging fruit. (laughs) It's true. Well, yeah, because like we're out Zub, we're out Norris, Stutzla's out. I mean, we had, I don't know, we had like five players or something out. It was like, yeah, we've got. Um, I think our entire like, basically three top six to three top six forwards and an entire middle pairing of defense. And we also had to play Gus Lindstrom, who has not been playing well. So, you know, it was just a rough series of games, most specifically the game that we definitely won't talk about that was played against Ottawa. Yeah. You know what I <laughs> imagine when you were podcast. talking about Detroit's injury issues, you know what I think of is remember that scene from Space Jam where all the Looney Tunes are sitting on the bench all beaten up and stuff? Yeah, that's, that's how I it imagine. is every every season about like the, the 20 to 40 game mark. That's what it turns into. Yeah. By the way, after watching The Last Dance, I realized what a lie Space Jam really was. Because there's no fucking way that Michael Jordan was ever that nice to the Looney Tunes. No way. He'd be he'd be like <laughs> Nate McKinnon level, like psychotic with them. Like, I always wondered what it was like to be in the locker room when Nathan McKinnon is like having a meltdown, you know, like screaming at the other players. But also like that wouldn't be fun to be around. They're like, yeah, he really motivates me. You know, it really motivated me to see, like, uh, you know, one of the rookies get his throat slit by McKinnon in front of all of us while he drank his blood. It's that really motivated like, me to be a better forward. I would be, I'd be, if that was me, I'd be like, dude, just eat a fucking carp. Yeah. <laughs> there's, like, it, there's is worshiping the balls serious. even that worth it? There's like nothing that serious. I'm sorry, Nathan. You're probably nice, but like, eat a cracker or like have some bread. It's okay. Yeah, even put a little butter on it. It's going to be okay. So now it's the time of the episode where we go and turn our attention to Ovi Watch. Washington Capitals captain Alex Ovechkin became the third player in NHL history to record 800 career games. Ovechkin, drafted first overall by Washington in 2004, is currently 95 goals behind Wayne Gretzky for the all-time record at the time of the story. So I actually, I actually want to post a question to you guys here. Because there was an article, I, I I apologize if I can't remember the source. I saw an article, and the header was, and they were talking about how screw Ovechkin getting the record, could we potentially see the first 1,000-goal guy in the NHL? Because Ovechkin has not been hurt. So you think we, of it, if it only takes a couple of years, will you quit your sneezing? Well, yeah, we, a, ha- we have him on his way. His name is Adam Ernie. You know, he might be like 27 and playing on the fourth line, but damn it if he doesn't try. <laughs> He's only got like eight, you know, 900 something to go. Oh, better start working now. <laughs> yep. 
But I do want to pose that question. Like, what do you guys think about possibly Alex Ovechkin hitting a thousand? I mean, I think him hitting 900 is not out of the question at this point, but I mean, a thousand. Does he have four more years in him? That's a good question. Yeah. I think he's going to put his whole, his all into hitting that record and then he's going to coast and see how many he can get. I don't really know if we're ever going to see, at least in our lifetimes, anybody who's going to hit that level again. Yeah. Unless Connor McDavid somehow gets a team around him. Yeah, that wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Or if he unless does... he gets sensed. No. <laughs> or if he or, or he goes full Dahmer, like in the Netflix series. Yeah. No, he just goes Super Saiyan. Oh yeah. Wasn't that the I don't know if you watched that series on Netflix, Sir Jake, but did you ever look at how the guy who played Dahmer in that just looked like Connor McDavid? I'm never gonna unsee that. I'm gonna like watch American Horror Story again and then I'm gonna see him and I'm gonna go, Connor <laughs> McDavid. Oh my god, he's killing people. They kind of have similar personalities. He's like, oh, I have a heated driveway. Don't look at me. <laughs> hey, those are useful. Well, yeah, out in freaking Alberta where you get 100 feet of snow a night. <laughs> yeah, I want one. <laughs> I- I'm not going to make fun of him for that one. No, That's just practical. I-, I respect that grind for sure. You ever see the picture of him and like the older couple that like hugged him in the airport? And he's like, <laughs> mortified. Yeah, he's just like, who are these people? He's hockey's Mark Zuckerberg. Really talented, but you can't convince me he's not a lizard. Yeah, he could be a lizard man. Oh, I think he's a lizard man for sure. Shit, does that mean he has the Illuminati recipe for making the cake cookies taste just right? <laughs> but he, he won't use it because he won't eat carbs. Yeah, I was gonna say Connor McDavid can't cook. What are you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> he has the recipe. Doesn't mean doesn't mean he can use it. He could put the puck in the net, but he cannot put the boiling water on the mac and cheese. I know. It's just like uh, when Homer made cereal, puts the cereal milk. Yeah, it lights on fire. fire. (laughs) Honestly, I think we just sit here and just reference the Simpsons all night, and I'd be super happy. Oh, it's gold. It's so good. It's gold. Top of the hour, canceled. (laughs) Pretty much, pretty much. Take the clock, smash it. Right? So we're going to give a quick shout out to Florida Panthers for Eric Stahl, who passed Rick Five and Steve Larmer for 67th on the all-time goals list with 442. Stahl drafted second overall by Carolina in 2003, currently needs three goals to pass Ilya Kovachuk and, I, I guess if you want to call him a Wings legend, but mostly Ottawa Senators legend, Daniel Alfredson for 65th all-time. Is it me? You know, it's funny talking about Eric Stahl. He's almost a guy to me that seems like kind of a fever dream that you're like, because you think of all the players, big name players, and you hit him. It's like, oh, fuck, I forgot about Eric Stahl. Eric Stahl is like, you know, that meme where it's like, who invited my man blood? And it's like, um, he's like the one totally standing out of place. Like, (laughs) not that he's not a bad player. I think Eric Stahl is like a fantastic, he's been a fantastic player his whole career. But like a lot of people, you know, he, he was, he came out, in the same era that you had like Phil Kessel and like, you know, Zdeno Chara, all these dudes with like big, bigger personalities. And he just kind of flew under the radar as this quiet little Canadian guy who scored some goals here and there. Like Rick Nash. Yes. He's like a Rick Nash, but then he was the first one to win a Stanley cup out of all of them. So which one of us is the biggest idiot? Who is your favorite stall brother? I think mine is Mark stall. I, I just, he's the most chaotic player I've ever seen play oh, hockey jared 
<laughs> Underrated. It's, it's got it, super just slides under the radar, man. No, it's got to be Eric. It's got to be Eric. I mean, you look at the longevity, everything he's done. But even the 2006 Hurricanes winning the Stanley Cup, that seems like a fever dream right there. Because you're looking like, when you think of all the Stanley Cup winners, you can think like, okay, Anaheim in 2007, as much as they beat us, they were good. The Pens were really good for those two years they were in the finals. Or- the Detroit was really good too, right? I've, I've heard. I've heard that they were pretty I've good heard for they a while. Were all right. um, I what about like the the Dallas Stars winning that cup? Like that's the one to me where I'm like, wow, that happened. That actually happened. You know what? I think when you look back on it, it's not as crazy because if you look at the Western Conference of the late mid to late nineties, if you take Colorado, Detroit out of that, the only two teams that could have won a cup was Dallas and St. Louis. Yeah, I was gonna say St. Louis was probably up there too. Well, uh, Colorado. Oh, yeah, you said Colorado taken out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, so you're right. You're right. Once Detroit and Colorado were done killing each other, Dallas and could kill each other. We a, did with a series, and then off to the cup they go. I know. I mean, I think when you look at the fever dreams, it has to be in the East. We think Washington made the finals. Buffalo made the finals. It's like Florida made the finals. Florida Philly. made the finals. Yep. Philly was oh, like okay Philly. for that a little bit. Oh, when they had Brindamore and Lindros before Lindros put himself into Brindamore's wife. Hi-oh. Oh, I was talking about um, like like they had that final against the Hawks in like what 2009, oh, 2010. Oh, yeah, yeah. and maybe 2010. Yeah, because 2009 was Crosby. Low <laughs> right. key, low key. Those Flyers teams of the late 2000s were actually pretty good, and I tend they to were fun. Them. Danny Briere. I think he was with them. The yeah. problem was they didn't believe in goaltending. Yeah. And spoiler alert, goaltending matters. Ilya Brizgalov is not your savior. Sorry. I still don't know how you had. I think they're still Late paying him. versus Niemi as a final <laughs> matchup in goaltending. Like, what was that? Those yeah. goalies were having a mid-off. See, at least with, like, the 08 and 09 finals, you could at least see that Flurry and Osgood at least was like, or Flurry and Hasek was even like, okay, you could believe that. Yeah, both of those, both of those goalies. I mean, I think, I think honestly that Chris Osgood's like a Hall of Famer, but you know, I, that, that's a horse or that's a hill I'll die on another day. Yeah. But yeah, like what you cannot argue that Ed no, Miami so and bad. Michael Layton are good goaltenders. Wasn't in the there? NHL. A, yeah, a couple of years ago, it was Anton Kudobin was your your Stanley Cup finalist yeah. for Dallas. To, and then he was just staring across the, the way at uh, the man, Vasilevsky. the legend, Anton Vasilevsky. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to move our attention away from the Florida Panthers to talking about one of the original six franchises, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Toronto Maple Leafs forward Mitch Marner had his franchise record point streak come to an end at 23 games. Said record is tied for 18th longest in NHL history now i'm actually kind of surprised him that we actually never re- we never mentioned this streak at all during top of the hour the last couple of weeks we're not a leaf podcast true but that's still, a valid that's, reason that's pretty that's pretty good though man 23 straight games with a point that's pretty big yeah, i think that's, that's the biggest big. one we've seen in what the last couple of years since kane i think kane had like a long streak for a while Maybe I'm wrong. I think McDavid's going to have a big one. Yeah, I could see McDavid. He's due. 
Yeah, he needs. I think the longest one I was looking at the record today, and it was Gretzky had like a fifty something game streak. Can you imagine that? Like that's so brutal. He's like on his thirtieth game, and you're like, all right, cool, we'll fix it. And then five seconds in, you're like, fuck, fuck. <laughs> and then like the team that's like, we did it. Everyone comes. He was like, how? How? <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to pose the question to you guys. Mitch Marner hitting 23 games is pretty impressive. Is there, a, outside of the obvious, like, Connor McDavid, do you see another guy maybe hitting past 23 games? Because I have a name in mind. Leon Dreisaitl, maybe. I feel like he's he's creative yeah. enough where he'd be able to pull something out. Maybe Honest, Kaprizov? Maybe I don't know. Kaprizov. So Honest, got, Alex Debrink hit. Yeah, I've got the one guy's name. an underrated playmaker. Yeah, I've got a name. Mika What's your name? Brandon. Ooh, that's a sleeper. Yeah, that's a sleeper. Pepper. And he eats carbs. I know. <laughs> not angry. Oh, speaking like, of carbs, I should check my fantasy hockey. I'm wondering if there's like a defenseman that would be be known for that too. I mean, maybe not. Maybe like a Carl Carlson car type. Eric Carlson. Yeah. 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 How are you guys feeling about Carlson's like second wind? That's great. I like it. it it's really nice to see back in the good races of hockey fans, just because he's taken such a beating over the last couple of years that to see him actually find his game and being able to play is just great. I do love the interview he did with Elliot Friedman during one of the I don't know segments or whatever during the periods, and he's asking uh, Elliot's asking Carl. He's like, "Yeah, was what do you make of all these guys on Twitter that you know they're making all these comments of you being traded?" And he goes, "I think that's just you, isn't it?" <laughs> yeah i like i like seeing him succeed again because i feel like hockey is plagued by recency bias oh yeah and it's especially the case of like the, the stat community like i feel like the stat community takes a lot of recency bias into account because i mean that's how the models work um but people forget like how good carlson was for so long like for so long he was awesome and now it seems like he's coming back so i'm, I'm excited for him i'm excited for san jose they need a win this is a rough um, season for them. Oh, yes. So I've got two names when it comes to defensemen that I could see doing it. I mean, obviously, Kale McCarr. That's an obvious one. But here's one, and I want to get your take, Jake. Mortis Cider. So Cider, I'm not entirely sure would be the kind of guy who'd put together a big point streak. I think he's got like a good amount of offense, but right now we're, we're trying to figure out a, a scheme that works. And with the way Cider is paired with Ben Chirot right now, I, I don't think they're really like complementary to each other's styles. Ben Chirot will often like get out of position to lay a big hit or he'll like try to do something like, you know, make, make get some energy going and Cider's got a cover for him. So often that results in like some defensive lapses because, you know, you can't have one guy playing both ends of the ice. So I don't know with, with Cider, I think there needs to be more of an offensive touch first. I could see in like, the prime of his career, Lucas Raymond putting together a good streak. But again, that things need to fall into place in order for that to happen. What about Miro Heiskanen? He's good too. I like he him a good. lot. Yeah. I, know, I feel I, like he I and, wish we went after him. I wish we went after him, but I thought Murray they were going to get rid of him. That yeah. draft for, for both of them is, I mean, for, for all of Dallas's like 2017 class, it's just ridiculous. And that was the worst draft I can think of for Detroit. Like, I, th- I think that I've ever seen. The so, only good thing that we've gotten is Michael Rasmussen. 
So we only got one signing to talk about, and it's involving the Los Angeles Kings, who have re-signed Trevor Moore to a five-year, $21 million contract with an AAV 4.2. Moore had recorded seven goals, 11 assists for 18 points in 33 games for LA at the time of the signing. So one thing I've really got to compliment LA on when it comes to some of their pickups and some of the signings, I look at it in the big picture of what they're trying to build, and I can... I can see where they're going. Is Trevor more worth 4.2? Not really. That's a that's a name. When I think of Trevor Moore, if it was say for three, like two and a half, three. Okay. No problem. I can see that. But you're paying over four million for this guy. Because the tough thing is, is like Trevor, like the guy is a pretty good playmaker. He pushes the ice the right way, but it's like, I'm not sure if he's a, se- a second, third line tweener, which is what $4 million you have to be. Yeah, I see him as like a third line center kind of guy. Um, when you said Trevor Moore at first, I thought you meant the guy from White as Kids You Know. And I was like, oh, he got into hockey? Cool. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Trevor Moore, it's cool to see like the hometown kid finally like make it, but at 27 years of age, you know, is this the best hockey that he's going to be playing? Or, like, is there something more to his game? I don't know. I, I don't know if this this deal is really good yet, especially because it's a five-year deal. Like, you know, maybe he'll be like a Darren Helm type. Maybe he won't. Who knows? Yeah, just be the franchise cheerleader. Mm-hmm. He'll be the dog. He Maybe he's like the, the guy who's got the dog in him, you know? And they're, like, betting on the um the cap to go up. So it's like, oh, you know, right. it might be an overpay now, but in a few years, it'll be fine. Right. So they're really going in on dog per 60 here. Yeah. Yep. What is he, DJ Smith? Jeez. <laughs> hey, DJ Smith, the underlying numbers are good right now. Yeah. I'm not going to be too hard on him. No, not at all. Not at all, man. So we're going to go off top of the air by talking about an Ottawa Senator story. Ottawa Senators forward Alex Formanton signed with HC Embry. Piona of the Swiss League until the end of this season. Formerton is currently an RFA. So, so was was Formanton like a good player for you guys? I mean, I remember him yeah. being like kind of he was a dog. He had the energy, you know. Um okay. he was your Trevor Moore, and now he's best way you can describe him. I'm trying to think who would be like the Red Wings equivalent of Alex Formanton. Think of a guy, he picks up the puck. He can go from end to end like nothing. Like he's got speed to burn. Can't finish to save his life. Darren Helm. That was Darren Helm. He he had the most incredible speed, but hands of pure stone. Either He'd that or like these... Anthony Siu. Yep. Uh, Anthony Siu had that one year where he had 30 goals. So, and his defense. I don't know. How, how was Alex Formanton's uh, like defense? Because Anthony Siu's was not good. Uh, he was very good on the penalty kill. Like mm. exceptional in the penalty kill. Yeah, maybe like, yeah, I guess you could say like a Darren Helm, maybe like a Luke Glendening. Glenn but Luke Glendening was like less offense and more like, I'm the most elite face off man in the universe. Yeah, he was kind of like a, well, that's who Zetterberg were pretty good at face off, weren't they? They were all right. You know, not maybe the best, uh, you know, two-way duo in the entire league for you know a couple of years that's a way you can say yeah they're all right gotta pump detroit's tires a little bit i mean we're gonna be gloating later on the episode but oh 
the only thing <laughs> I want to talk about, why the only thing I want to mention about this story is, you know, and we always, we really try to not make the connection between this and the the Team Canada World Junior thing from 2018 and all the allegations going on because, you know, as Tim Tim says, he says, you know what, nothing's proven. You're basically, you're making, how did, how did you put it, Tim? You were saying that. Right. So it's basically, until it goes to trial, you have no idea what is happening, what evidence exists, what ex- evidence does not exist. It's It's a fool's errand to try and divine anything until you've actually seen evidence. So it's, you believe people where you need to and uh but yeah don't make comments yeah because i mean it's even, even this it. past week there was a there were stories that even dominic ducharme former habs coach might be involved with this as well because he was coaching the uh, gatineau olympian at the time so i don't know like like we haven't even really commented on that at all through talk of the air just because again it's speculation you can't really confirm you can't deny anything well, guys, that wraps up top of the hour for this week, which can mean only one thing. It's time to try talking about some games. Now, we got three games to talk about. We've got the Ducks versus the Senators, Canadians versus the Sens, and the Senators versus the Red Wings. But before we do that, let's hit the music. Okay, guys, let's start talking about the Ducks versus the Senators. This is a 3 to nothing Senators victory. Sens goals were scored by Alex Brinkett with two and Parker Kelly. Shots were 38-32 for the Senators. Now, before we get into talking about the game, I think we got to make a mention here right off the gate. This was the night Wade Redden got inducted into the Ring of Honor. And we've talked about this for the last, I would say, two, three years about the Ring of Honor, Jake, because that's something that the Senators introduced. They put former Red Wing head coach Brian Murray in there, and they've done nothing with it since. And we talked about this over and over and over again. Like, well, what about Redden? What about Heatley? What about Yashin? What about Spatza? You go down the list of all these Sens players that have gone in the list. Now they're finally doing it. I think it's great. Also, man, Anaheim fucking sucks. The like, team is not even like fun to watch. I was so mad watching that game because it's like, here's this team that I, I think half the AHL teams are better than this. And all they do is throw around dirty hits and injure players. Tim, are you saying that they should just call up the San Diego Gulls? And yeah, fuck them. Fold but, the ducks. Fold the ducks. The ugliest jerseys in the league. Like, okay, you know what? Uh, no, I got to disagree with you on this one because for me, I'm the minority. I really like those Anaheim jerseys. Really? Okay, so what's your ugliest jersey? What's my ugliest jersey in the NHL? Mm -hmm. Ooh. Okay, I've got a handful. I can't really pick one. I got to pick a couple here. Edmonton. Ooh. Spicy. Hate Edmonton. Despise Nashville. Oh, it's so bad. Now, how do you go from one of the best jerseys of blue, gold, and silver to yellow? Piss yellow. <laughs> Literally oh. the piss patrol. Yeah, I've got to say that. Who else would I throw on that list? Hmm. You know what? I'm the minority. I really like the, the Kraken jerseys, actually. I like those, too. I don't get what. Like, it's a graphic designer's, like, dream logo. 
like the, the use of negative space, the depth of color, the way you can easily like adjust it as needed. Like, I, I don't know. Everything about it is good to me. Yeah. I'm just trying to think if there's any other jerseys that I'm not. Actually, you know what? Florida Actually, FC. Florida FC. I don't mind Florida. Actually, I was going to say Carolina. Ooh. Carolina, I think, is a jersey that could be improved on. I like the color scheme. I like everything they're doing. I don't care for whatever the frick they're doing with that stick that has like the hurricane flags on it. Cool idea if it's a shoulder patch. I feel that way about the New York Islanders. I really don't like their logo where it's it's Long Island and there's a stick coming off it for some reason. And like, I don't know, the colors are fine. I just think the logo needs like some new life. Yeah, I think the only other jersey, I'm not... I'm very debate whether I like the jersey or not. Is LA? I like the co- I oh, like the so color good. schemes. I think it needs a better logo. The logo feels like a crypto company, which I guess is fitting given the you know <laughs> arena. <laughs> Ripped SBF. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I like Anaheim's jerseys, and I'm the rare rare person. I do like the Web D. I think that's a very it's an interesting look. I think it's really interesting. I love the color scheme. The jerseys look cool. The only jersey of Anaheim's I don't care for was when they did the which one was it? I'm trying to think. It was the 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 te- with the purple and the teal one that they, they Yeah. Tim they sh- made a, Tim made an excellent point. You made yep. an excellent point Tim about these jerseys and I said why is it all of these jerseys when these teams bring these old school jerseys back? Why do they not work? Why is it Arizona seems to be the one that got it right? And he says, it's simple. They don't modify it to fit those jerseys. Yep. Yeah, I think I think next season they're talking about getting the old like Mighty Duck style jersey back or making that reverse retro, like the the like white and orange one or the orange and white one, the like the default. They should have just made it at Dixie Cup colors and yep. like with the pattern. Yeah, because you know they're going to be marketing the shit out of Trevor Zegras, so like, oh, why yeah. not have him in that jersey? You know, that's like that—that's like a match made in heaven. If you really wanted to screw with hockey fans, I don't know if you know what um, the Anaheim Bullfrogs were. They were a roller hockey team in the mid '90s. Imagine they brought those back. I would love that, honestly. Although I said that the Canucks should have done one for the Vancouver Grizzlies, but there's a there was an IHL team in Detroit called the Detroit Vipers and they had the coolest jerseys I've ever seen. Like they were like a teal color. Some of them had like a little bit of purple in them. The logo was like this cool snake. Like I'll have to find an example, but they're amazing. Yeah, definitely find a picture of that and send it my way. So let's talk about this game. Now there's a number of players I want to talk about. So let's talk about Alex Brinkett. Two goals on five shots. You know, early in this episode, we were talking about Alex Ovechkin hitting 800 goals. When are teams going to figure out leaving a guy wide open for a one-timer always leads to a goal. Alex to bring it on that first one. That, that, I knew, I knew as soon as he sat there, I'm like, oh yeah, he's going to score. To be fair, it kind of feels like we're criticizing the South Park Peewee team for getting absolutely destroyed by the Detroit Red Wings. <laughs> like this team sucks. They don't understand structure. The only good thing is Trevor Zegers. 
yeah, of course they're going to get danced around by one, one of the top 10 offenses in the league. And some no-name goalie kept it from being 10 nothing. It's Despite true. Tim Stutzla getting injured 10 minutes into the game. Oh my god, that hurt my fantasy team for sure. But I'll tell you what didn't hurt the Ottawa Senators, though, was Claude Giroux. Now, him and DeBrincat. Oh my god, these guys have been electric. This guy had two assists and three shots in this game. Like, it really was. You know, and everybody talking about Stutzla and DeBrincat? No, it was Giroux and DeBrincat. That's what's driving that steam right now. Well, Claude Giroux has probably been Ottawa's second, I'd probably say second best forward after Brady Kachuk. Just dynamite every night, very strong playmaking. The only, and like Brady Kachuk has also been fantastic, like just getting in, making hell, and he's finally figured out how to play defense. I was a really big fan of Claude Giroux. Um, I mean, I always have been since his Philly days. It's way back in the the yonders of the Philly days. Um, I actually wrote a whole piece on why we should sign Giroux, and I was hoping that the Wings would react or manage to sign him. But nope, he wanted to get sensed. Oh, and he's been providing proverbial sensings every night. Yeah. He's good. Oh, why we learned the hard way he's good, but... I know the vibes have just been great with this guy, especially coming in because they didn't really have as much as I love Brady to Chuck as a captain. Like they didn't really have that veteran in the, in the room that was really going to show them. This is what you need. You guys need to do to get to the top. Even though he didn't win a Stanley cup with Philadelphia or Florida, it's that presence he brings in the locker room. And then he goes on the ice and he's been just great for Ottawa. And I, I was very on the fence about him coming to Ottawa, not because I didn't want him to come, because, you know, he's an older guy. You didn't really know what he had left in him. And then he comes out and he's just still looks great. It's been really nice to see. Yeah, he probably has a couple more years left in him at that level, which is insanity. Yeah. He was another one of those guys that um, made. Eric Stahl seem a lot smaller as a result, despite Eric Stahl being good. Like, like, you know, you're watching the Crosby's and the OV's and all these like superstars. And then it's like, hi, I'm Eric Stahl. I'm here too, guys. Don't forget about me. I find that Claude Giroux kind of gets lost in the shuffle a bit when it comes to all the big name players. Which yeah. Is because again, I think it's because of the division he played in. Honestly, if I'm being honest, when you have, well, Crosby and Ovechkin in the same division as you for all those years, like, Hank Lundquist, like, I mean, that that whole era, like, he couldn't be the guy. Yeah. And, like, I imagine it would be so different if Philly won the Cup in 2009-2010. Because then he'd at least have some heart. He'd have some hardware. That would have made me really happy. It would have been nice to see Chicago a little more humbled. But don't worry, that's what the present day is for. Jesus Christ. So the only other player I could really talk about in this game was Cam Talbot, who got the 32 save shutout. Guy did his job. Got the W. That's all you can really ask. Actually, I do have one comment to make, Tim. Now, late in the third period, the no goal. How sweet would that have been had that counted? I don't even remember. That goal was weird. Was that the one where they pushed the goalie into the net? Yeah, it was called for goalie interference, but yeah. Yeah, there was no way that was a goal. Actually, I'm sorry, there is one more thing I want to talk about. How the fuck did Ottawa not score on that 3-0 break late in the second period? 
oh no, we're going to grind some kindergartners deeper into the ice. Yeah, this game really was the equivalent of Homer when he was Krusty the Clown beating up on the Hamburglar. <laughs> stop, stop, he's already dead. <laughs> Pretty much. That's like brutality. In all, we watched the Ottawa Senators for four years. They were never this pathetic. Pretty close. You know, it's funny, like, in the 2019-20 season, Greg Wyshynski wrote this whole piece on, like, they should investigate the Red Wings for intentional tanking. So, uh, Greg, I'm waiting on my piece for Anaheim, and I'm waiting on the piece for Chicago, uh, because the way they're playing right now seems intentionally bad. And I think Arizona was advertising that's what they were doing. Yep. Yeah. Which I don't understand why teams would still want to tank nowadays, especially with the draft lottery being a total crapshoot. I mean, you could end up with a legend like Alexei Lafreniere. Come on. Yeah, no, he's so good, right, guys? You could end up <laughs> with three draft picks heading into the lottery and only come up with. They changed that system and we got the best player anyway. Two, sorry. We got two of the best players out of that. Don't you shortchange Sanderson. Yeah, but we got the best player of the top three. Let's be real. That is true, Tim. That is true. Wait, so right. wait oh, that's the Brady Kachuk here? No, no, no. Stutzla. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, looking back, absolutely. Well, to be fair, Quinton Byfield has he even put on skates. He's been hurt. He just keeps getting hurt. Yeah, he yeah. put on skates that one time he got hurt again. The only guy who's as injury prone is the time that Pascal Leclerc got hit with a dodgeball and got hurt. <laughs> Thanks, Mike Fisher. Very cool. You know, uh, I got to shout out Lucas Raymond too. He's this has not been his best season so far, but you know I would take him over Lafreniere and Byfield. I think any day of the week. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that, man. I agree with that. Maybe I, we should stop with, overrating Canadian players. Sit with Marco Rossi. Uh, Marco Rossi is so good too. He's been having a rough go of it. He has, but you know, I think he can bounce back. He'll come around. So let's talk about so let's turn our attention to the second game of the evening. Canadians versus Senators. This is a three to two Senators victory. Canadians goals are scored by Kirby Doc and Christian Dvorak. Sens goals are scored by Shane Pinto, Drake Batherson, and Brady Dachuk. Shots for 31-25 for Ottawa. Shane Pinto opens the scoring to make it one-nothing Senators with a beauty wrist shot. Drake Batherson scores to make it 2-0. Brady Chuck deflects to Debrinket shot to make it 3-0. Kirby Dock gets Montreal on the board to make it 3-1 Senators. And Christian Dvorak scores to make it 3-2 Senators, which would be the final. So, Tim, I had to condense watching this game because instead of watching the Habs versus the Sens, I actually went to a live hockey game this night. Hey, how was I that? Drove down, I drove down to Victoria to watch our WHL team, the Victoria Royals. They, of course, lost 5-3, and they're still in the bottom of the league, but whatever. Yeah, so I went down with my dad. It was my dad's birthday, and my girlfriend and her friend from Alberta went to the game. And it's funny, my girlfriend's friend, Desiree, who came out from Alberta, when we were at the game, she sees Marty the Marmot, the mascot, and she's like, oh, my God, I love it. So the whole game, she's like, where's Marty? Where's Marty at? And then we walked into the concourse, and my dad goes, Hey, there's Marty. So we have a picture on Twitter of my girlfriend and Desiree with Marty the Marmot. And she's like, I just, I love Marty the Marmot. Like the whole drive back, <laughs> she's just like chatting about Marty. It was hilarious. Do, do they sell Marty stuffed animals or something you could buy her? Yeah. 
Yeah, my dad the next day went back to the rink and got her one for us and uh, we're shipping off to her. So that's pretty cool. So let's talk about some of these players. Now, Cam Talbot is the first guy I want to talk about here. 23 saves, a .920 save percentage. I did think he played well. I do want to make one comment, though, because I do feel on the first goal, that would not have occurred if the trapezoid was not there. Because it was one of those things where you have the trapezoid behind the net and you have that two big spaces on either side of you where the goalie can't. The goalie, the puck literally hit the backboard, came out, stopped. And it's and he Talbot's sitting there like, oh shit, there's nothing I can do now. But at the same time, it was like up until that third period, Montreal had done diddly shit. That's like, you know what? I'll let him have one. Yeah. But I'll tell you, but here's the here's another guy I want to talk about, Tim, because is this guy still underachieving though? Alex Debrinkit, three assists and five shots. No, he's actually on pace for one of his highest point seasons in the NHL. Yeah. Because, Jake, I don't know if you've been following the Sense Twitter chatter when it it's comes to It's not even out. Sense Twitter. It's freaking Sportsnet. Even Sense Twitter, they are just so split on Debrinkat because, again, he's in a contract year and all this bullshit. But it's one of these things where it's like you were expecting him to come in and score 40 goals, and he's become a very good playmaker. And players are like, uh is is but 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 he's underachieving he's not scoring if you are upset at the way alex to is playing i will say this detroit would be very happy to take him off your hands you can have i don't know the bag of chips in return you can have a t-shirt from steve weiserman maybe he'll autograph it we'd be happy to take him off your hands if you're not happy with him we will gladly take him off your hands like he's at thirty <laughs> points in less than thirty games. You know what? Yeah, he's Deadpool, he's fantastic. He's fantastic. I gotta say, to quote our future overlord Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool, you shut your goddamn trash mouth. <laughs> but I guess it also doesn't help that Brady Kachuk almost has forty. Yeah, Kachuk's on fucking rocket fuel. Is this I, the most excited you've been as a fan, as a, as fans in the last couple of years? Oh yeah, coming into the season, it definitely was this year of like holy crap, like, we're actually very close to the playoffs now. It's either that or wishing for sensings every night. Because uh, during the bubble season where any night we could get a given coach fired. We were at what, four? Four. We got four of the seven Canadian teams to fire a coach. My favorite one was Calgary only beat us by three goals and they fired their coach. It was true. (laughs) Even the... (laughs) It was, was it... uh... Tippin, was it Tip? No, Tippin. No, sorry, Edmonton. Like they, Edmonton oh, fired Tippin. Dude, they we lost. Like we went zero nine against them. I remember in the bubble year, it was like, ugh. Yeah, because we also we got Ducharme fired. Yeah. No, no, we didn't get Ducharme fired. We got Ducharme. We're the, the reason Ducharme became head coach. We got. Thank you for that. That was yeah, hilarious. By the way, hilarious. And I think we got a Winnipeg. We got a Winnipeg video coach fired or something. Like just stupid was shit. It Travis Green? I think we got Travis Green fired, didn't we? Yeah, from no. Vancouver, right? Yeah, we got we got Green fired. Did we get Green fired? I think we got Green fired. Anyway, that was such a crazy year. I do remember that was like the highlight of the year. Was like how many coaches we got fired. the The best meme I ever posted on our Twitter was again Simpsons reference. It's when um, 
Gil was going to sell a house and the one guy just takes the card away from him and goes, I'll take it from here, Gil. No, wait! Yeah. Oh. And I had that. It, it was Dave Tippett's head on Gil with the card saying, job. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. God, that was a crazy year, man. That was a crazy year. Now, what's also crazy was that goal Drake Batherson scored. Like, holy shit, dude. The the hockey IQ to be like, oh, shit, the puck's right there. Instead of turning yourself around between the legs. Having the ability to just do that is also pretty impressive. No, I got two more guys I want to make a mention here. Before we head off into the third and final game... <laughs> Shane Pinto, like talk about a beauty rush shot on that goal. That's a that's a goal scorer's goal right there. When you just come down the wing and you just snipe it right past him, there's not much a goalie's gonna do on that. Still kind of impressed that he's only a few points back of Marty Bernier's. And that's yeah. a guy who's had a hella season. Yes, he has. Yeah, I can't wait to see him in January, man. That's gonna be a good game. And of course, Brady to Chuck. Like, it wouldn't be a Habsense game if we don't mention him. One goal, one assist for two points and four shots. It was a classic Brady goal. And now I have a question before we go to the last game. Why do people talk about Arbor Jack guy? The guy's a fucking plug. Mid. Like, why? It's because of the whole, like, the whole, well, one, he plays for the Habs, so he's naturally going to be getting a lot more media coverage. they have other players. Um, Two, it's because of his whole, like, crazy story of how he was, like, a Costco employee a couple Uh... years ago. And now he's, you know... A professional hockey player yeah, and also he, he hit hard employee like come on i think he beat the crap out of like pat maroon the other day so he's been getting coverage for that okay fine <laughs> sorry i mean three-time stanley cup champion pat maroon yeah show some respect man jeez <laughs> so... same amount of cups as sydney crosby <laughs> pat maroon <laughs> yeah so they just get up and get like oh <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Oh well. I do I do gotta make one comment. We're talking about Pat Maroon. So one of the guys that we had on the season preview show representing Tampa Bay, he was talking about Pat Maroon and I says, How many how many scotches do you think it would take until he just went full tarps off? And he's like, He's got a tolerance, so probably about nine. Just scotch see that. Soda and soda scotch is like it creeps up on you. It does. You know what? Actually, it's a funny story. So up here in Canada, we have Crown Royal, which is like rye. Oh, I love Crown Royal. It's yeah. awesome. So we actually have Crown Royal Apple. It's a yep. flavored whiskey. It's, oh my God, that shit goes down like nothing. When you mix it with like ginger ale, it goes down like apple juice. And I was watching the Seahawks-Bills game, I think last season or season prior, I had about maybe five or six of them and I got, I accidentally got drunk. And next thing you know, I was talking to one of the guys I worked with. who's a Bills fan. And I hung up like, all right, thanks, man. I hung up. And next thing I know, I wake up and it's like three, four hours later. I was like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> Crown Royal happened. I know the mixture of Crown Royal and Sour Patch Kids don't mix, man. We're, we're basically like Canadian by uh, location in michigan so i mean i grew up around like like literally i could cross the bridge to windsor whenever i felt like it i didn't do it because you know what are you gonna do at windsor but you know we we were exposed to the crown royal the poutine all that stuff ketchup flavored chips coffee crisp yep go okay so i might have my canadian citizenship revoked for this 
I've never had a good poutine. Have you ever been to Quebec? No. Yeah, I feel like you're going to get the best in Quebec. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't Brent Wallace mention that to us, Tim, too? Was that when we asked him what our favorite establishment, he goes, or was that Stuntman Stew? Like they mentioned, no, Quebec's got a dirty poutine. I like it. That might have been might have been Stuntman. But yeah, no, it's Anglophones don't make it right. There is a very specific respect, not a well-earned respect, but a respect for I'm going to take every type of fat that I can imagine, everything that will actually just destroy a man and give him diabetes and put it into one plate that only the Quebecois truly understand. You should visit Wisconsin sometime because that's all they do there. It's all fried cheeses and like (laughs) gravies, like you name it and they have it. But did they put it on potatoes? Big German population. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, I mentioned in Iowa, they probably do that, though. Probably. Too. I mean, there's not much else to do in Iowa. Unless start... I thought they just made corn. That's Please not leave. true. They also start a metal band that becomes highly successful. We're not fighting about Slipknot on this episode. <laughs> what, they're, from Ohio, they're from Iowa and they were successful? Like, what do you want me to tell you? We're not talking about how I don't like Slipknot. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, Jake, I know as much as you loved just sitting here and listening to this ramble on about players, it's time to turn our attention to the third and final game of the evening, Senators versus Red Wings. This was a 6-3 to three Senators victory. Ten goals were scored by Drake Batherson with two, Tomas Shabbat, Claude Giroux, Tyler Mott, and Austin Watson. Red Wings goals were scored by Joe Valeno, Adam Ernie, and Philip. Hornrack. Did I say that right? Hornick. Hornick, thank you. Yeah. Shots were 32-27 for the Red Wings. Joe Valeno opens the score to make it 1-0 Red Wings on a shot that squeezed through Talbot. Drake Batherson gets Otto on the board to on a bad angle to tie the game at 1. Adam Ernie scores to make it 2-1 Red Wings. Tomas Shabbat hammers one home to tie the game at 2. Drake Batherson gets his second of the game to make it 3-2 Senators. Philip Hornick scores to tie the game at three. Claude Giroux makes it 4-3 sends. Tyler Mott makes it 5-3. And Austin Watson scores on the empty netter to make it a 6-3 Senators victory. Look, it hurt enough to get that (laughs) that final score. But then to have Austin Watson be the one to put the nail in the coffin. That one, that's where it hurt deep. Bring him home, Detroit. Bring him home. (laughs) Oh, Go right into the close. Uh, He doesn't want to talk anymore about this. This was a game that, I mean... I kind of wish I'd watched it, but it was one of those things where I just, I didn't get a chance to watch it because I had a bunch of stuff to do today. So I know that your reaction probably has already answered this, Jake, but overall, I mean, what was your thoughts on the Red Wings in this game? This was a stinker for the special teams. Like, above all else, I mean, we let in a shorthanded goal, bunch of power play goals. I think there's there was five power play points. I think Giroux specifically had five points on the power play, which was not great. Really didn't like that. Just getting to the point where there are some glaring issues that are showing up for the squad, because I still don't really know what to make out of it, but there are several issues that are popping up that tell me like, please God, don't make us, don't embarrass us in the playoffs. You know, if we make the playoffs, like I I'd rather let's wait a year, figure it out. 
then make a push next year. Because at this point, this is not the kind of squad that's going to make a big impact. Unless they go up against Toronto, which is, you know, where miracles happen for any team. Oh, my God. Oh, when Toronto finds a way to lose. Dude, we would praise Detroit if they had beaten Toronto in the first round. Oh, it'd be so funny. And it wouldn't wouldn't mean a damn thing. I wouldn't even care if they got swept immediately after. It would be so just funny to see. I feel that way about the Sens, too. I think if Ottawa went up against Toronto in the first round and we beat them, I would not care. We could have gotten our asses completely handed to us in round two. Just knowing we beat Toronto would have been enough. I guess, like, the thing, though, is, like, I don't even know, like, looking at the team on paper where the problem is because like the defense looks serviceable Billy Hoso has been great is it just yeah. like like what's going on like the it's a lot of different things i mean injuries have been the biggest factor without bertuzzi and verana two of our like best scoring forwards we've had to rely a lot on the depth mm. the ben Sharot tax is is kind of taking its toll i love him i think he's great i think he's like just a fun player to watch who will energize people but he every once in a while will do something like a little bit boneheaded that makes me frustrated. I don't know. I, I think it's just a matter of like figuring things out. And then finally, like I, I personally think they've been punching over their weight a little bit, but oh, for sure seeing them come back to earth is not great. Not really fun to watch. Um, all the free agency signings have been pretty good. A lot of people don't like Andrew cop. I think Andrew cop is fine. Honestly, Andrew cop, is probably a bit underrated. Yeah. Just as a guy who can go up and down your lineup. He's scoring above half a point a game. And everybody's like, oh, he's the next Stephen Weiss. And I'm like, no, he's not. He's really not. Didn't Stop Weiss overreacting. In Detroit, though? He did. He just kept getting, he got injured to the point where he just couldn't play anymore. And we had to buy him out. That's another guy. If you want to talk about a fever dream player. Yes. Him and David <laughs> Booth. Oh, David Booth. We had him too. <laughs> I love that story that Tim tells every time we mention David Booth of how he was in a was a I was in an online league. fantasy hockey league, like just with complete randoms. And this guy named himself Booth's Bombers or something like that. And then we go into the draft and the guy just he doesn't say anything. Like all of us are kind of chatting away. And then he gets first overall pick. We're like, oh, I wonder who he's going to pick. And then he just comes in, types Booth, takes Booth. <laughs> disconnects and nobody <laughs> for the rest of the season <laughs> i imagine he did that in like 10 other leagues david booth legend <laughs> booth, booth didn't play in detroit did he he did he had a one-year stint i believe that was the same year we had steve ott it was just a really weird i think brad richards was there i don't know it was just a bizarre year was that the year that jordan tutu was there too Jordan Tutu was there before then. Um, I like Jordan Tutu, but like it was one of those years where it was like, we're not going to push for the playoffs anymore, and we've accepted that we're going to be rebuilding. Here are some faces that you're going to forget about a couple months from now. Remember Thomas Vanek? Here you go. You're going to see him again. Don't worry. Yeah, I just feel like Detroit, in the later years of Ken Holland, just became that team where they would sign a bunch of these guys who were like good somewhere else. It was kind of like Boston at one time. Like all these weird names just ended up with the Bruins. The Red Wings. Oh, like a Gidla's Bruins stint. Yes. Like think like Alfredson ended up in Detroit. Stephen Weiss ended up in Detroit. All these guys. David Legwand. 
Thomas Vanek, yep. It was just just some strange, weird, weird moments. I don't know. Um, this this game though, back to the game, was just kind of a reminder that there are tough One times. Second, ahead. I gotta get We're on a five game losing streak. We're coming in when oh, oh, when Ovi is, you know, about to hit that next plateau. I think he's what past I mean, like we said, past eight hundred goals, but he's still gonna be trying to conquer. And then after that, I think we play Tampa. And those Tampa, I'm actually going to be at that game, so I'm excited for it. But it's it's going to be a whole thing. Yeah. Okay, here's a question for you. Since we're talking about ugly jerseys in the Anaheim game, what do you think of Tampa's jerseys? If you're being honest. I, I'm kind of indifferent to them. I think there are a lot of blue jerseys in the league already. Like, I think that the blue jersey is done a lot better by teams like Toronto and um, Vancouver even. I, I I don't know Rangers. Rangers have like a classic blue. I like, like there's there's. Actually, I like the Islanders, the blue and. Orange. I like their color scheme. I just their logo needs something. I I think like. I don't I don't know. There are some jerseys that I think get a lot more hate than they deserve. Like I like the Dallas colors a lot. I think that green is like something unique that you don't see in a lot of the rest of the league. I think if they had the original logo, I think that would look really cool on those jerseys. I think so too. I think it would take a bit of getting used to, but I think it could look cool. Yeah. Winnipeg, I feel like should have cooler jerseys, but they're like just there. Okay. Just like I the got team. a really cool thing to say here. Sorry. So I was talking to one of my buddies, Adam, he's a Winnipeg fan in Welland. And we were talking with him about the reverse retros. Cause I don't know how you feel with the jets ones. I like, they brought back that team of Solani era jet logo. I'm not crazy about the Jersey. I said what they should have done. If you recall the Atlanta Thrashers away jerseys from like the first couple of years they were a franchise, when it yeah. had the T, imagine that was a fighter jet, that jersey in Jets colors. That'd be a cold jersey. Right? Okay, I figured out which jersey I think I hate the most. Okay. And it's not for the, not for lack of trying. Columbus. It's it's a fine color scheme, but that logo is such a mess. Okay, that's it's just yeah, I can see that a little bit. It just it needs something, and it just there's it's not there. They just I think they need a new logo. Yeah, but what would they go with? That was the only thing. I know, but there's like so much you could do with it too. Like a blue jacket is like a military, you know, like an old like it's a Union soldier. Yeah, it's a Union soldier. You could make something really cool out you of could that. Just Not... use like the Union hat or a cannon or something. Mm-hmm. The cannon would be a dope, like a, just a nice alternate. Even what was that? What was their logo they had back in the day with the with the B jersey? Oh, was those. It? That was a weird one too. The, the killer like... B. That is such a dated logo. But you look at that and it's like that would seem like. If you really want to either troll the fans or do a really out of the box reverse retro, you bring that logo back. I honestly think this is my hot take. The Detroit reverse retro is good. And the only reason people think it's bad is because Chicago did the exact same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what you would do for the wings reverse retro though. You kind of can't like, if anything, I'd want the 14 winter classic. I think you could reverse the colors on that and it would look amazing. But I think they're saving that for like I'm, I imagine they're going to be doing like a third iteration, and that would look really good. Yeah, I see that. So let's talk a little bit about the Sens players here. Now Drake Batherson had two goals on two shots. 
I mean, the guy's continuing his hot streak. I mean, what can you really say about him in this one? You really can't. Like, it's it's been great. It's keep, keeps on going, and it's just a it's the Drake Batherson that was kind of missing to begin the season and definitely into November. Yeah, even going back to what we're saying about the Hockey Canada allegations because Drake played on that team, there was people wanted to link that with the way that Batherson played at the beginning of the year of how he didn't look like himself. He kind of seemed a bit distracted, but I'm really glad that he has been able to get out of that funk and find a scoring touch. And same with Alex Dabrinkit. I mean, we talked about this earlier in this episode. Like, for a guy who is known to score goals, has Alex Brinkett quietly become a great playmaker on this team again with three assists it's not become he always he always was it was just an underrated part of his game because he was playing with Patrick Kane now Jake I understand that you have some strong opinions on Patrick Kane do you (laughs) I my opinions of Patrick Kane are akin to his ability to play defense they're very poor I think that Patrick Kane, I think that Jonathan Taze is the most overrated player in the NHL, but I think that Patrick Kane at this point in his career is making too many defensive lapses to cover up his offense. Um, like to, or th- that it's affecting his offense. And I think right. that playing with Alex to like definitely bolstered his total. And honestly, I am of, this is going to be a nice scalding take that you can oh take to the bank. But I think that the years that to and Kane played together, Kane benefited more from Debrinket than vice versa. Oh, I'd accept that, honestly. I think that you guys got a an absolute steal in Debrinket, and I hope that you extend him. And if not, um, I think he's going to look really great on Dylan Larkin's <laughs> wing. <laughs> Wouldn't that be the ultimate fuck you to Chicago if he just goes to Detroit? Oh, it'd be great. Well, we keep picking up old Chicago players and like repurposing them and making them better. Pia Suter, um, Dominic Kubalik, who has I think he's almost a point per game right now. Like, and they just let him go for nothing. And I'm like, okay, I'll take him. Yeah, yeah the not? Chicago fire sale was super weird. But at the same time, I am kind of surprised that they got a first for Kirby Doc. Yeah, me too. For Kirby Doc, too. I know. I think that was the thing we commented in the draft was that Montreal tried to one up us by going after a guy on the Blackhawks for first. It's like, oh, fuck you. Well, we're going to get this guy who really underperforms. Have fun with your two-time 40-goal scorer. And you guys are like, all right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like us running around outside while Squidward looks on. <laughs> Pretty much so. So Cam Talbot in this game had 29 saves, a .906 save percentage. Now, Jake, I want to get your take on the first wing goal, the Joe Volano goal. When you see that as an opposing fan, because we're being Ottawa fans, you're a Detroit fan, is this a goal that you think that Cam Talbot honestly should have had? Probably. I mean, I think Valeno's like slowly starting to come into his own. And I really hope that he does what Michael Rasmussen did last season, where he just quickly improved on every facet of his game. But having said that, I, I guess when I look at Cam Talbot, I don't really see him as the kind of guy who's going to steal you a game. I mean, he did, I guess, with Anaheim, but really was that theft when the guy was on the ground already beat up and his wallet was hold, like <laughs> plopped open. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, Talbot, to me, isn't really the guy he once was, but 
I, you know, I think he could have done a little bit of something more there. Yeah, and I feel that even when I watch it on the condensed version, watching some of the goals, like the Adam Ernie one, <laughs> all right, might have could have had that one, but I do think that the Volano goal was the one that I think Talbot should have had. Oh but yeah, I mean, just went through him. Yeah, it went through him. Like he kind of got handcuffed himself, but it's not much you can really make on this one though. I do gotta make a comment though about Brady to Chuck because he had two assists and four shots in this game. I do wish he had scored in this one because I remember in the first couple of years that Brady was in the league, the one team he played amazing against was Detroit. I don't know what the Red Wings did, but they pissed him off something crazy because he always brought it against the Wings. I think it's generational. It's it's generational trauma from you know their dad getting just you know humiliated by him by Detroit consistently. So he probably passed down their anger. Oh, does Matthew do the same thing? Yeah, Matthew. Matthew tends to go off a little bit. Um, I don't know. It's funny whenever I see Brady Tuchuk, I always think of like the kid who like in middle school would take a little boulder and like smash bugs with them. Like, like he strikes me. He reminds me of Sid, the bully from toy story. That's a very specific thing. Like whenever I look at him, that's all I can see is Sid, the bully. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I can. Kind of <laughs> Son of a bitch. You just ruined toy story for me. Thanks. Dude. <laughs> You're going to see Brady Kachuk like putting together some crazy, like, Chimera bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true. So, guys, I don't have really have any more comments on these games. If you want to head off to the close for another episode. Yep. All good. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to the third line plug, Sanscast. I hope you've enjoyed it because believe me, Tim and I love recording it for you. We are no longer on the network, but you can still find our show at you can still find our show on iTunes. Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Play, as well as you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Third Line Plugs, our Twitter handle and Instagram handle for that. And I am on both at Great White Gipster and Tim, still not on Instagram, but he's on Twitter at M901 on Hana Badger. Now, for the games of the week, Tim, we've got four games to talk about. Oh, crazy. We thought this afternoon's game versus the Minnesota Wall, which was a four to two loss. Tuesday, we are in Winnipeg to play the Winnipeg Jets. Thursday, we are at home to play the Washington Capitals. And Saturday, we are home once again to play Jake Rivard's team, the Detroit Red Wings. So that's going to be some good ones. Yeah. And uh, the Jets in the wild and Washington are all playing very good hockey right now. So please hopefully mean, it's good to watch too. Please be mean to Minnesota when you play them. Specifically, like, you know, dunk on Ryan Reeves a little bit. Yeah, because he he intentionally tried to injure like three of our players. Like the Isn't last that time he played. does, yeah. And you know the player safety like saw him intentionally hit Philip Peronic in the head, and just kind of shrugged and carried on. But you know, what do we know better than our overlords? Ryan Reynolds, no, George Peros. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So Jake, we can't thank you enough for coming on the show. And Tim and I want to wish you a happy holidays. We hope everything's going well with the 313 podcast. Now, before we head off, where can our listeners who maybe didn't listen to the season preview show find you on social media? And where can they also find Winging It at Motown and 313 Hockey? If you love a little lighthearted humor and a less than serious take on the silly game of grown men skating around on blades of ice, 
You can find us at 313 Hockey on any of your favorite streaming platforms, Apple, Spotify, probably SoundCloud, I think, where we're available everywhere. You can find us on Twitter at 313 Hockey or on Instagram at 313 Hockey Pod. Shout out to the person that stole 313 Hockey's head uh, at on Instagram. I hate you. Um, please give it to us. Thank you. You can also find me at, at Rivard NHL on Twitter. Um, I don't really use Instagram besides like for meme posting. So uh, I'm just going to leave it at that. Sweet. Maybe we'll have to look over. Maybe we'll have to go over to Instagram and see what you guys are posting. Because <laughs> I'm all here for the memes and shit posting. Oh, we're good for it. Trust me. Until next time, guys. I am your host, Taylor Gibson. And this has been Tim Jensey. Happy holidays, guys.